Keeping Ahead by Mia Multiplied, inspired by the artistry of Dimitri Walker. Prologue, September 1978. It wasn't her norm not to check in. That's what her family said after months had passed and her body had not been found. Susan Jenkins was a creature of habit. She ate oatmeal every morning and ran near her home in the San Fernando Valley every night. She was not prone to fits of fancy and was easy to figure out. Always had been, according to her parents. Even her boyfriend was shocked when they came to his door. No one really thought he had anything to do with her disappearance, but they had to check. Three weeks after she disappeared, her car was found in Malibu near the beach. It was just sitting there, seen yet unseen, like the stretches of seaweed on the beach. It was locked, no keys, no signs of struggle, just sitting there. The search continued for months. Nothing. She was gone, and her family made it official. Her goneness. Dan! Daniel Edwards' head snapped up. Why was she yelling? He jumped, prepared for anything as his pregnant wife waddled out of the kitchen. What's the matter? Is it time? Tina would have laughed, but something was off. Her husband had been crowding her personal space for months, never more than an echo away, but, to, but not today. She had been calling his name to tell him she was headed to the store, but after the fifth call, she thought he had left. At first, she was amused, but not when she saw his face. He was gray and looked lost, so lost. My love, are you okay? She spoke softer. What? Huh? Um, yeah, baby time? No baby time, she chuckled. I need peanut butter again. Daniel looked at his wife and was glad the look of concern had left her eyes. As he stood up, he took one more glance toward the window, watching the curtain flutter, lightly with the ocean breeze. Nothing there. Dreaming, maybe? But his skin burned, just like it had before. Seventeen years had passed since she had disappeared. Seventeen years, and all he could remember was how much his skin burned when he thought of her, or when he was near the beach where they found her car. The burning went away. He was seventeen when it, whatever it was, happened. They had gone to the movies the night before and had a serious makeout plans for the next night. He had just returned home from band practice when he got her father's call. She didn't even like the beach, so why was she there? Another guy? He grasped his straws just like everyone else had, and it didn't matter. Nothing answered their questions and nothing brought her back. He didn't even cry at her funeral because there was no body, so what was he supposed to cry about? Life went on, not that he remembered the first few years of it. He graduated, he went to college, dated, had sex, drank, acted a fool, and then one day he grew up. He spent more nights at the beach than he would ever tell anyone, hoping. But life went on. He grew up, and he thought he had forgotten. Sisters, mine is alive and well, and now awake. Contact has been made. I am ready to move forward when you are. How much longer must we wait? The star was out tonight. Abrea, all will be well. This isn't new. Our people have done this for centuries. Just relax, it's almost time. Abrea was antsy and impatient, but she needed to pull herself together. Patience had never been her strong suit, but it needed to be if she was to continue. The mist felt wonderful against her thighs. She softly started to sing. August 7th, 1995. 
The reports were starting to pour in and Rob was not pleased. Malibu PD had been a plush job. No gangs, no murders, no nothing but an occasional goofy kid trying to rap like the black kids miles away and making a disturbance at the country club. He had been with the force for 25 years and the only action he had ever had was looking for that missing girl years ago. She wasn't even from Malibu, which is probably why it went away quickly. But now this, reports of angels at the beach, Angels, for goodness sake. The report started with just a few teens who, fig who he figured were hot. But the latest report came from a family saying they had seen an angel in broad daylight, sad and floating above the waves, holding her knees as if she was mourning. Another young man saw her one evening at sunset and for some reason tried to move closer until fear got the better of him and his skin began to burn. Just after he heard a guttural tone that rolled on the mist of the waves, then she was gone. Rob Standifer had never heard of surfing angels or singing waves, but it was becoming apparent that he would have to do something. Something wasn't right. September, 1995. Tina Edwards was in labor. Tears flowed down her face between each contraction, even though the pain was no worse than the menstrual cramps she felt each month before she got pregnant. Her husband was the most amazing thing that had ever happened in her life. And now this, he didn't return her calls. He left home in the middle of the night and last night when he didn't return, she didn't even get the chance to be pissed off or worried, even though pissed off was certainly getting up her hand. The ringing phone was the only reason she realized he wasn't home. She had thrown her hand back to wake him up so he would answer the damn thing. But her hand meant nothing but the goose down comforter behind her. She thinking he was in the bathroom, struggled with her girth to roll over and answer the phone. Two hours later, she was in labor. At this very moment, with her mother at her bedside, her husband was laying in an ICU bed two floors below her. He was dying, even though, from what the doctors told her after his surgery, his injuries weren't killing him, and they couldn't figure out what was. When they brought him to the, into the hospital, he was said to be screaming about his burning skin. His skin was on fire, according to him, but it wasn't. There were no burns, no redness, no rashes, no extreme warmth. His last words were, Susan, why? Then he stopped breathing, just stopped. And now he was dying, but not from the fact that his genitals had been completely ripped off. Abrea returned to the station as instructed. No song upon her lips and the lure taken from her. Her legs crackled aloud, not even the water helped decrease the noise that showed her extreme anxiety. What had she done? As she sat in front of the huge visual screen, every movement she made from the time she was dispatched rolled in front of her eyes. Her superiors were completely silent. She longed for the movement of the waves and the mist upon her thighs. She longed to sing with the ocean but it was not to be. Sanae Brea, thousands of years have passed and we have lived and thrived. Thousands of years will pass yet again and we will live and thrive, but you, dear young gatherer, will not. Abrea did not cry. Even as her seat became her prison, she was wrong. Patience was not her virtue and she would pay for that with her essence. At least her essence would return to the collective. The sisters were still merciful. The chair continued to entwine itself around her body like cool, unyielding seaweed. 
The chair had not been used in centuries, and yet it did its job as quickly as it could. It moved with her every breath. It mourned her departure as it warmed. A breath thought of the waves and the mist and the star. Then her eyes and her mind turned towards her beautiful lure. The dehydrating was beginning to do its job and began to hurt. Yet she kept her eyes on the lure, the lure she had for one sad moment yearned to be, the lure that would cost her her life, her angel. Copyright 2020 by Mia J. Mitchell slash Mia Multiplied. Photo copyrights to Dimitri Walker. All right reserves. This story or any portion thereof may not be reproduced or used in any manner whatsoever without the permission, excuse me, without the express written permission of the publisher, except for the use of brief quotations in a book review. Thank you for listening. Catch you soon. Bye.